This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, the senior pastor of Metamorphosis Christian Center, Pastor Fumi Ashaolu. Remain blessed as you listen. I want to say I'm happy to be back. I missed you all. I'm glad to be back. All right, so we'll read from verse 11 out loud. Let's have um, Jeremiah 11, okay, 20, 11 to 12. Let's read out loud. It says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Please, can I have the NLT? It says, but the Lord stands with me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. Our Father and our God will bless you this morning. We honor you. We acknowledge that you are a good God to us. We acknowledge that you are a God that is present with your own. You are a present Father. We thank you, awesome Redeemer, for your great love, your steadfast love over us, over our nation, over our city, over family members far and near. We thank you in the name of Jesus for all that you have accomplished for us in the month of January, February, and March. We thank you for bringing us to April. We are grateful for who you are to us. We are grateful for all the shades of blessings that we enjoy. Lord, we say receive our thanks this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we bow our hearts this morning. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will speak to us. We ask that your spirit will minister life to us, even as your word is shared in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father, for we've prayed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please have your seats. All right, so good morning, everybody. Good morning once again. I want to acknowledge the presence of my Bible study teacher. Amen. Of like, uh, maybe like 25 years ago, Brother Sheo Babalola, please, you are, you are very much welcome. You know, we were worshipping and um, after the worship, after the fall, um, session was over, Brother Jepia was asking us to appreciate, you know, just go around and greet somebody. And I was like, I'm just going to conserve my energy. So I didn't even look back. I noticed there was someone in white and I was like, ah, Brother Lai is here. How come I'm seeing white here? But I didn't look back. But, you know, I saw that, I saw the white when we were going and um, worshipping. Only for him to come tap me and I screamed, <laughs> as in, out of shock, as in, I, I've not spoken with you now for maybe well over 15 years, maybe, yes. I'm not, I didn't know it was going to be around at all, but I really appreciate it. I'm yet to, I was like, I went back to him to say, how did you get that? You only spirit led me. <laughs> I'll get the gist of that when we are done. But I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm glad to have him. Brochel was one of the people that really made my stay in, um, the University made me enjoy, made me settle into it very quickly. You know, um, Bible study secretary, they would teach us the word of the Lord. It was in prayer at first, before you became Bible study secretary. It was my prayer. So I can even say he taught me to pray. Amen. Because I was in his subgroup then, you know, prayer, prayer band. Wow. So good to have you, sir. So, so good to have you. Glad that you are here. Broccoli, good to have you. I saw pictures. I know you were here last week. Uh, Violetta is here. She just turned one yesterday. We appreciate God for his faithfulness. Amen. 
Amen. All right, so I'm just going to go straight into what we have today. I'm starting a series that um, I'll call it Manifest Series, but my topic this morning is, and if I say Manifest, you know, over the months or weeks, we've looked at the fact that the glory of God, we've been called this year to manifest his glory. And we looked at the beginning of the year, we looked at, um, you know, different aspects of the glory of God. We said the, the Lord brings his glory to us when the Lord shows his presence in our lives, right? When the, through his presence, you know that his glory is available. As you see his purity, his glory is revealed. As you see his prosperity, his glory is revealed. As you see his personality, amen. And then his prosperity. Those are avenues through which the Lord reveals his glory. Uh, but I, I just want to, uh, uh, so for a few weeks, I'm going to be focusing on those five. So I'm going to start this morning with God's presence just to enjoy and manifest. So I'm just going to go through all the five. But for this morning, I'm going to focus on God's presence just to enjoy and to manifest. The presence of God is available to you to enjoy it and then also to manifest it, to reveal it, to share it, to make others see it. Like um, um, Sister Aisha said, by next week, well, this week actually, we'll be celebrating Easter, right? And you can argue with people to say, well, Easter is not really a, a, a Christian something. They changed it. It is the root of it, the cause of it, all of those. But we know that we have a Savior. Amen? That died, he was resurrected, and is alive forevermore for you and I. Amen? So we know that the Lord Jesus died for you and I. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. The scripture says in Isaiah, it says the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. The punishment that was necessary for you to be at peace. And peace would mean that you are in good health. Peace would mean that you have prosperity. You have financial prosperity because health is prosperity also. Amen. So peace will mean that you are prospering, that you have good health, you have money to spend, amen? You have good and quality relationships. Peace will mean that, uh, peace will mean that you are without troubles all around you. There is rest all around you. So everything that was necessary for you to have peace, for me to have peace, to enjoy the shalom of God, God made it available as Jesus Christ died. As, as, he, as he offered himself and he paid that penalty, the Lord said, the law, the scripture says, the soul that sinneth must die. There must be penalty for sin. We sinned in Adam. And the Lord Jesus came and he paid a full punishment. Now, what is the punishment for doing this? He was told. And he said, okay, I'll pay the punishment so that my people can be at peace. They can be at rest. They can have prosperity. Jesus paid the full price. He paid the penalty. The scripture says the punishment that was necessary for your peace was laid upon him. If he's, if, if he's served the punishment, do I need to serve the punishment again? No, that is what is called injustice. Justice says, let somebody pay for this. Let somebody be punished. And Jesus offered himself in my place, in your place. And he paid. Because he paid, he, he bore our sicknesses upon himself, discomfort upon himself. I don't need to bear it. When he shows up, I can say there is evidence that Jesus bared these things. I'm not going to bear it. Amen. When poverty seems to be doing farm sizing, is that what they call it? With me. He's trying to familiarize himself with me. I say, no, not here. Jesus became poor that I might become rich. When problems begin to come and they want to take away my peace and my joy, I say, mm -mm. he bought the sorrow so that I can have joy, I can have peace. Somebody already got punished. 
No other person needs to get punished. Amen. So the scripture says the chastisement, the punishment necessary for your peace was laid upon him. And so we don't need to go through it. So Jesus died. And so we'll be celebrating Easter this week, you know, from Easter, you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then up until Monday, we are celebrating Easter. The whole essence of Easter is to remind you that Jesus Christ died so that he can also make himself available to you every time. Some people will say, you know, I wish I was there when Jesus was here. If you understand very well what Jesus did for you and I, you won't say such. Because if you were here when he was here, he couldn't be where you were always. Do you know that? If he will be in Jerusalem, and you know, I suspect he will be in Jerusalem most of the time. <laughs> Amen. Because the scripture says also he will go and then oftentimes he will come back there. He will come back there. So if he's in Jerusalem, do you know Jerusalem is so far from Nigeria? If he's there, he won't be here. Oh. And if he, if he even happens to be in Nigeria, maybe he'll be with Abadeboye. <laughs> I might not be in your house. But what, Jesus, what God did for us by making Jesus die on the cross for you and I, by making him resurrect on the third day, is something that is grandiose. It's something you should be grateful for. You should be grateful that you, do, you didn't live in his own time. You are alive right now because God is with you always. We are looking at a topic that says God's presence, it is yours to enjoy. Presence of God is available to you to enjoy. Oftentimes you can feel like God is away, God is far away from me. We feel like that. I also feel like that. But I quickly remind myself that he can't be away. Jesus died so that he will not always be away from me and far from me. That's the whole essence. Jesus told us, he says, see, when I go... I will ask the Father, and he will give you that promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus left, he told them, he said, stay in the upper room. Stay in this place. Stay until you are endued with power. Stay until the promise of the Father in the person of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. After he comes, then you can be everywhere. So Jesus died so that God can become available. God can become present with you and I. Everywhere we are, we can always know that God is with us. I can be, always be assured that even when I'm in the deep, uh, deepest of all places or darkest of all places, whether I feel his presence or I don't feel his presence, I can always know that he's with me. If, you know, they will often say that a, a, an empty thumb shows to us that Jesus is alive. If that thumb is empty, it shows that he's with me. Because he's either he's there and he's not with me, or he's with me and he's no more there. Is it still there? No, he's left. If he's left, left that place, then that means he's with me. That means he is with you. I want to quickly, you know, um, was it not yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday. I had um, a friend called me. You know, I've shared this with uh, Nokeme. Some of the leaders know this friend of mine because there was a time I asked for prayers. I asked for prayers because her sister was going through a tough time. She eventually passed on. The sister passed on, even though we prayed. And there are times you don't understand how these things happen, honestly. We don't, you know, it just makes you know that you are human. You are not God. God is in his own place. You are in your own place. There are things we don't understand. And, you know, don't try to even think or begin to, um, you know, do as if you are God. So this, my sister, my friend, lost her, her sister. And she, the, the, woman, the lady was buried just this last weekend. And we've not spoken. It's been like four years that the sister passed on. And she would not just, she, she was comforted, but she wasn't in a position to talk. She couldn't pick calls. She wasn't, she won't hear my, she won't take my call. She won't, but she will see WhatsApp and respond maybe after a while. But finally yesterday, after the burial was done on Friday, she decided to call me yesterday and we talked for hours. And one of the things that she was saying is she was just sharing with me 
how at some point she felt she was alone. And this happens to all of us from time to time. You are thinking, is God not alive anymore? Is God still hearing my prayers? Is, does God still hear anybody's prayers, by the way? You know, is he, is, he, is, he, is he alive? I'm a Christian. People are mocking me. They are saying because in like 10 years, she lost dad, she lost mom, she lost sister. In 10 years, that is strong. That is much, right? It's much for someone to bear. So the tendency for you to feel like I'm a Christian, I've been a Christian all my life. We have prayed and prayed. How come? What happened? Mom passed on. We were still trying to grapple with that, understand what was going on. And then that passed. And then the sister was diagnosed and we started praying and praying and she went again. There are tendencies for you to feel, is God really there? Does this God even hear? Does he even feel the pain that I feel? And I was sharing with her yesterday. I said the revelation says to us that the tears of the saints are kept in a bottle. That is to show to you that when you go through tough times, even when you don't feel the presence of God, God is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. When we go through difficult situations, trying situations, God is close to you. He, 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 your, your pain is precious to him. If he, if he can do without making us go through those pains, he would. But there are times for, for reasons that we don't know right now. We go through tough times. Someone gets married and the euphoria of, of wedding begins to settle, you know, begins to go away. And then the fact that I'm married, I have to do this, I have to do that, begins to settle in on you. Maybe you have a new, you have a child, maybe you're a first-time mother, and then you start taking care of this child and say you are waking up in the night. After a while, you can start getting overwhelmed, right? And you are feeling like, oh God, what kind of thing is this? Some people, it can be that you just got a new promotion or maybe you got a new job and settling in into that job. You know, plenty of things are just pulling you in different directions and you are trying to understand how to cope. Some of those things can put pressure on you and make you begin to doubt if God is there. Amen. So at different seasons of our life, we go through tough situations, you know, trials. We go through, um, you know, different seasons, you know, different um, 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 occurrences rather in our lives that make you think is God there is God present with me but I want you to know this morning that God is present with you God is close to you amen he's close to you is ever with you that's what the scripture says let me give you the definition of presence presence according to the Webster's dictionary says um, it says it's the state of fact of existing the state or the fact of existing of occurring of being present, of being present, of being within sight, within, within a call or at hand. The state of somebody being at hand, as in this person is close, this person is at hand, this person is within sight, is within reach. Another definition says it's a person or a thing that exists or is present in a place but is not seen. God is like that with us. He exists in a place. He's present in a place. He's present with you, but most times he is not seen. Not seen does not mean he is not present. God is present. So that's the definition for present. The, you know, if we look at the, the Hebrew word for present... It's the same word as Shekinah. You, some of us have heard Shekinah before. And Shekinah, you know, if you have heard it before, you know it's used to depict glory. It's, it's, the Shekinah is God being present in the world. It's a word, W-O-R-D, 
that is used to show that God is present in a world. W-O-R-L-D. That's Shekinah. It's, an, it's a Hebrew word. That means the presence of God. The presence of God. For God to be present in a place. And in some portions of the Bible, we see this same word, this Shekinah, we see it translated as the glory of the Lord. You will see it in Exodus 40.34. Can we take a look at that quickly, please? Exodus 40.34. It says something about the glory of the Lord being in the place and the ministers could not minister. Moses could not do anything. It says in verse 34, it says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory, what you see there as the glory of the Lord is actually Shekinah. It says, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter, says verse 35. So the presence of God, you can, you can say is that word in Hebrew, Shekinah, and it, show, it says it is the presence or the dwelling of God in the world. Synonyms to these words, you know, words that mean the same thing with presence. Would, uh, examples of these words are residence. When you say somebody is residence. You know, you've heard about resident pastor. You've heard about resident doctor. Those are maybe a doctor that is, re- is in the place. When you go to an hospital and they tell you the resident pastor, a doctor is available. You know you are, you are at rest. You know that you're not going to make two trips because the doctor is available. He's in the house. That is, that is the same thing with that word presence. Is resident. God is resident with you. God is in the house with you the same way the resident doctor is always in the hospital. The same way the resident pastor is always in the church. Amen. Available to meet the needs of the people. If they need counseling, they need, they need, they need prayers. The resident pastor is available. Amen. The same way God is resident with you is the same word presence. So synonym of presence is, pre- is residence. Synonym, another synonym that's a similar word for presence is occupancy. When you say someone is occupying a place, occupying a house, God is occupying where you are. You are not alone. God is resident with you. He is, he is occupying where you are. He is occupying that place with you also. God is available. He's present. Companionship. Companionship depicts that the person is close, right? I can't have a companion that is far away. Far away. He doesn't know me. He's not close to me. Companionship means the person is, you know, there's proximity, there is closeness, there is nearness. So there's another word, nearness, nearness, or hearness, H-E-R-E-N-E-S-S, hearness, as in the person is here. God is here. God is close to you. He's participating with you. So those are some of the words, you know, um, same words, similar words as the word presence. Why do you need to be reminded? Why do we need to take a look at this, at this, at this um, message? Why? Why do we need to look at the fact that God's presence is my own to enjoy and then manifest? Why do we need to focus on the presence of God? You need to focus on it because what you focus on increases. Amen. What you focus on does what? Increases. If you begin to focus on the presence of God, if you begin to be aware or you are intentionally increasing your awareness of the presence of God, you are going to feel more of his presence. Even if you don't feel it, you are going to enjoy more of his presence because I need to be careful about that because there are times you don't feel. Like that, my friend that, you know, spoke with me yesterday, she didn't feel nothing. And I reminded her of this story that quite a number of us have heard. I can't even remember where it originated from, but if I begin to say it, you'll remember it now. That this person said there was a time he was going through a tough season in his life, and you know, it was as if God opened his eyes to see his footprints on like on a seashore. 
You know, seashore, when you walk, it, you leave footmarks or footprints on the, on the sand. So the person said he saw, he saw two sets of um, footmarks or, yes, footmarks or footprints on the sand. He saw two sets, two sets, two sets, as in this is somebody's um, um, set of, uh, of, of foot, another person's own. And as they went on, he now got to a place, he saw one. Now looked at God and said, eh. And I realized that this period of time, like I'm saying one, one, was the time that I had problems and I had challenges. So does that mean that you left me when I needed you the most? And the Lord said to him that, no, the times you saw only one instead of two were the times you were going through tough times because I carried you. You were not the one walking. You, I was carrying you. The Lord gave me a scripture, you know, as I went to Canaan, I'm like, this is my birthday scripture. Birthday came early for me in Jesus' name. And he held on to that. He said, see, I've been carrying you since you were young. Until your old age, till your hair becomes white with, um, with, um, with age, I'm going to be carrying you. Amen. He said, when you had just one foot marks or foot was equal, set of footprints, I was carrying you. I didn't allow you to walk those times because I realized that you were tired and you were weak. And that is the truth. When we go through 12 times, difficult times, it feels often that the Lord is not with you. But the Lord is closest to yourself at, at, at that time. More than other times when everything is going easy for you. I need you to believe that. I need you to write it down somewhere in your notes. That when I'm going through 12 times, God is actually closest to me. He's closer to me that time than other times. That is the nature of your father and my father. He is closest to you at that time. So why do you need to focus on this, on this topic? Because when you begin to focus on it, when you begin to understand it, when you begin to remind yourself of the fact that the presence of God is with you, you will, you will enjoy his presence more. You will, you will benefit from that presence more. When your understanding of the presence of God is clearer, when it is increasing, you're going to enjoy him more. And I want you to enjoy him more. The Lord also wants you to enjoy him more. Amen. And that is part of the reason why we are focusing on this. So uh, Jeremiah, let me go back to that Jeremiah 20 that we read earlier on. Please let's have it. When you begin to focus on the presence of God, he does a lot of things to you. What did Jeremiah, what was he saying in this place? He was a priest of God that took him and put him in prison, so to say. You know, at this point, you can go home and read this, um, this passage much later, the whole of chapter 20. But, you know, Jeremiah couldn't be perturbed. He couldn't be disturbed, even though he was going through a tough and a difficult season of his life. Because he was conscious of the presence of God. When the presence of God, when you know it, when you are aware of it, when it is not lost on you, that God is close to you, you are able to go through tough times. And indeed, all times or all seasons of your life better. You are able to go through knowing that nothing can can, 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 can um, you know, overcome you. You know that you are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. Amen. You are a winner. When you, the presence of God, you understand it, it is clear to you. It is not lost on you. But when it is lost on you, that is when you begin to sound like those spies. They said, see, we are grasshoppers in their eyes and in our, you know, they said, in their eyes, we look like grasshoppers. Amen. The scriptures even said that they were spies. Spies are not supposed to be seen, Shay. I can't even remember where I got that from recently. That, so the, the operation that they did, it was a covert operation. They, so I don't know where this guy got it, that these people, the way they saw us, they, just, they, they, they are looking at us, ah, these people are ants, we'll just do like this and we'll just crush them. They did, they, I'm sure they didn't see them. 
Because the scripture said they, they went as spies. But that is what the devil begins to do. He begins to magnify himself when we have lost sight of the presence of God with us. That is why you need to be high. You need to be big. You need to be very aware that God is with me. I like a translation, and I thought it was the um, NLT. You know NLT is in, you have it in different, um, the NLT says, another translation rather says, the Lord is with me as a mighty and a terrible one. That's word. it says a terrible one. So let me, let me read some translations to you. Um, message translation says, but God, a most fierce warrior is at my side. Most fears, as in Yorubas will say, the one that, um, that um, defends you and you will be afraid for the person that God is fighting on your behalf. As in, when he stands on your case and says, Jeffia, leave that guy to me. When he begins to deal with the guy, you'll be the one that will almost be begging him and say, ah, God, he never reached like that. Take it easy on this guy. As in, when he deals with the person, that is why when we tend to take things into our own hands, we do ourselves... Jonah 2.8 says, those that observe by, um, lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy. What should happen for you? The good that should come to you. By the time you say you want to help yourself, you want to do it by yourself, you just forfeit plenty of things. You should change yourself. But if you leave it to God, God says, forgive this person. Say, no, I'm not going to forgive. Okay, now don't forgive. Take, take care of it yourself. What you will have can't be as much or as good as what you would have if you allow God. And you listen to God that says, forgive. And he said, I'm going to forgive. I'm just going to leave this thing in your own hands. The message, message translation says, he's a fierce warrior. When he rises up to war on your behalf, he's, when, when, when the person that is, um, that is troubling you sees him, the person is terrified. You've seen people that they just see some sights and, you know, they just, they just, they just mess up themselves. They mess up on their, on their bodies because of the fear that, that, that gets a hold of them. It says, God is a most fierce warrior and he's at my side. Aren't you happy to have a most fierce warrior and he's on your side? Thankfully, he's not on the side of my enemy. Amen? He's on my own side. When my enemy and those that want to come against me, chiefly the devil, sees that my God is on my side, he is terrified. Amen? And the New American Translation says, it says, my persecutors, they are filled with an everlasting disgrace that will never be forgotten. When you know that God is with you, a level of confidence with which you handle your situations, your cases will change. It will change. That was why Jeremiah could tell these people, he said, but the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Dread is fear. Fearful champion. A champion that when he gets on the scene, fear will seize other people. He said, the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble. The enemy of my life that is saying, I won't make it. I won't get ahead. I won't have what I want to have. He says, they will stumble. They will not prevail. They will not be successful. The enemies even of the, of, of the nation of Nigeria will not be successful. As we continue to call upon the name of the Lord and ask that he will help. In our situation, it says they will be utterly ashamed. Some scriptures say, some translation says they have eternal disgrace, eternal dishonor. Amen. Everlasting dishonor. That is what will happen to anyone that decides to pitch his or her camp against you. So you are you are able to go through life's challenges, difficulties better. Verse 12 says, I leave my case in your hands. 
I rest my case in your hands. I'm not taking it up by myself because I know you are with me. When you are conscious of the presence of God, you allow him to fight your battles for you. You can truly enjoy rest and allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. Amen. So it's important for you to see God. It's important for you to know that God is present with you. God is not far away from you. He's not far away from you. Second Corinthians 4, let's look at 16, and eight, 16 to 18, please. It says that is why we never give up. The reason why you never give up is because you are conscious of the presence of Yahweh. You are conscious that God is not an absent father with you. He is present with you. He says that is why we'll never give up. Though our bodies are dying, we might be going through challenges. Our spirits are being renewed every day. Amen. Verse 17 says, he says for our present troubles are small. They are small potatoes and won't last very long. Amen. Yet, this is, this is the kind of um, 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 thinking that Jeremiah had that we saw earlier on in Jeremiah 20. He realized that my present challenge is, 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 is small and it's going to last forever. Your challenges or whatever challenges that might come your way will not last forever. And it says it is small. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. A glory that will, that will last forever. It says, so we don't look, let's, let's look at 18. It says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen. Being conscious of the presence of God will make you record. You'll be able to say this. It will not just be, um, it will not just be scripture to you. It will come alive to you. You will believe it. Because you know that God is with you. You know that you are not alone in this world. You know that God is with you. He has promised you that his presence will always be with you. Amen. Okay, so for different reasons, like I said earlier on, we go through seasons in our lives where we think God is not here. But I wanted to just, um, you know, recognize that God is with you. As you go through, this is the second quarter of the year. As you go through this, the, the, you know, this quarter, I want you to be big on the fact that God is with you. God is present with you. God is not a, a, away from you. Amen. Let me just give you a few things about, um, you know, the presence of God being with you. Let's look at um, Exodus 33 from verse 12, 12 to 17. This is a promise of God's presence to the person of Moses. You know what happened here? They were journeying to, the, to their promised land. Verse 12 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you said to me, bring up... Oh, that, can I have this in the NLC, please? My NLC Bible is so big. <laughs> if not, I would have been bringing it to church, but it, it's big because it's um, parallel. Can I have this in, um, in, in um, the NLC translation, please? Okay. 33. Exodus 33 from 12. Thank you. 33 from 12, it says, One day Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me who you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. Verse 13, it says, If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your way so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation, you know, this, this nation is your very own people. 14. The Lord replied, I will go personally with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. That's the first thing 
the first thing I want you to even write is the fact that the, the presence of God is with you because of favor. We saw that in verse 12. It's Moses, and Moses said, see, you said you, 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 we, we should go into the land. And you said that we have found favor with you. And then he was, he was telling the Lord, if we have found favor with you, then let me know who will go with me. And the Lord replied him in verse 14. He says, I will go with you. That is a for, the first sign of the fact that God is uh, it's not even a sign. One of the reasons why the presence of God is with you is because you have found favor. I want you to write it down. Say, I have found favor. Through Jesus Christ, you found favor. Through Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, you found favor with God. You are a people that is favored by God. You are favored. You might have gone through life saying, my father does not like me very well. Maybe they love my, my, sibling, my brother better or they love my sister better. If you don't have anybody in the world that you can say loves you, let me tell you now that God loves you. If you are a born again child of God, you are found favor with God. And one of the reasons why his presence will be with you is because you are found favor. Once you come into Christ, you have become a favored person. And so the Lord said, yeah, he said, I will personally go with you. It wasn't, it, it wasn't always like this, so. If we read verses 1 to 4, you will see the Lord said to them, he said, go into the land. I will send angels to go ahead of you so that they can clear out the people in the place. But he said, I will not go with you. I think verse 2 or verse 3. He said, I will not go with you because if I go with you, I will kill all of you because of your sin. But thankfully, Jesus came on the scene and he died for you. He was buried, he resurrected, he's alive forevermore. The scripture says he ever liveth to make intercession. He is ever living, praying for you, talking to the Father concerning you, saying, God, remember that I shed my blood. Have mercy on this person. Have mercy on that person because they are called by my name. They have come under my umbrella. Amen. So if you are a child of God, you have been favored by the Lord. So the number one reason why you have his presence, where you can be assured of the presence of God is that you have been favored. If you are a born again child of God, you have found favor with the Lord. Amen. So I want you to write that one down, that you have favor with the Lord. Amen. Then verse 14, it says, let's, let's go back to verse 14, please. He said, I will personally go with you. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. When the presence of God is with you, you will enjoy rest. You are assured of rest. When somebody is coming into rest, oftentimes you might need to go through challenges, but you are assured that rest will come. Even when difficult times come, when challenges of life come, when you go through pains at times, when you go through what looks like denial at times, it says you will come into rest. He said, I will personally go with you and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. I want you to say that to yourself. Everything will be fine for me. Everything will be fine for me. Why? Because God is with you. Why? Because you have been favored by the Lord. Jesus Christ died for your sins. You have come into favor. The scripture says you were a people, you were, you were not my people before, but you have become the people of God now. He says there was a time that you were not my people. You were not my own, but now you have become my people. You have become my family. You have become favored by me. And so the Lord said, I will go with you. I will personally go with you. I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. So that's the second thing. The pre presence of God gives you rest. It assures you of rest. He assures you of peace. 
That shalom that we talked about, where there is nothing broken, there is nothing missing. Everything is available. It might not look like everything is available right now, but you have an assurance that that is the end of it. Amen. When you are challenged at times, you know, go back to Revelations. Go to the last portion of Revelation and read. Quickly take a look at your future. You won at the end of the day. Amen. You won. Whatever it is that you are going through, whatever challenge might come, you know, your way, whatever difficulty, it might be breath pangs, you are growing into a new place because everything is not the devil, no, sorry, everything is not the, the enemy, amen, everything is not people trying to attack you, you know, I me, mean, I don't even have that, um, I don't have that thing in my mind, truly, you know, I was still in Canada, I was saying to my friend, there are some people that they know the enemies of their lives, they know their enemies, I don't know yet, honestly. I don't know a single person like this that can say this is the person that I think... You know some people know some people that don't like what's good for them. And they exist too, truly. Truly, but I don't... I really don't focus on it. But truly, now that I've said it, maybe the devil will try and get the person... <laughs> get me to know the people. But the truth is, I don't have a single person in my life. Some people in their family, maybe they are auntie, their mother, somebody, they are, um, um, their mothers, uh, maybe the second wife, if they came from a polygamous family, you know, they already inherited enemies. Even when the woman is not doing anything to them, they just believe that because this person is my stepmom, she must be doing something against me and my brothers and sisters. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where even when the person is not, the people have their, you know, I was telling a friend recently, the devil himself has plenty challenges. Oh. It's not every time he comes. There are plenty of things we are saying or attributing to the devil that the devil will say before God, I don't even know anything about it. In some cases, of course, he comes strongly against us because he hates us. He hates us. That is the truth. The devil is my only enemy that me I know. But in flesh, I'm yet to know one person that hates my gods, that does not want me to go forward. I'm just blessed. I don't know them yet. Maybe I'll know them tomorrow. Or as I now, I don't have a single person. But what I'm saying to you is, there are times that it's not even all of those human agents of the devil that are disturbing you. It might be that you are trying to break into a new place. You are just going through a, a bath pang, a growth, um, what do you call it, growth spot. You are growing. You are coming to a new place. The same way it happens to a butterfly. It's coming out of a cocoon. It's a major developmental stage for that butterfly. When it's going from the cocoon and going into the next phase of its life, it goes through troubles. It goes through difficulties and challenges. It cannot start begin, begin to say at that time that it's the devil or is the enemy of my soul that is disturbing me. No. It is his future, his glorification that is calling out to him. So you also go through some things because God is calling you to a higher place. God wants you to move up. He wants to do bigger things and be better things in your life. He wants to expand the way you see yourself, the way you see life. Amen. God wants to do bigger things, better things in your life. And so you go through tough times at times. To bring you into a large place, a, you know, a, a spacious place. It's not everything, every time that is the devil. But I want you to be assured that whatever it is, whether it is instigated by the devil, instigated by the enemies of your life in human flesh, or is, is instigated or caused by the growth that you are going through, I, I want you to be assured that there is rest for you. Because God is with you. There is rest for you. It will not always be trouble, challenges, difficult moments, hard place. It will not always be that. There is rest for you because God is with you. Because the Lord said in verse 14, this is the word of God. It says, I will personally go with you. And I said to you that Jesus Christ dying, resurrect, you know, being buried, resurrecting, 
made God available to us like this. We will not get into that today. Hopefully we'll get into it next week. But you can clearly know. When Jesus was here, he wasn't everywhere. But he, he, he gave up himself. He allowed himself to go through that crucifixion for you and I so that he can pour himself out to all of us. In the person of the Holy Spirit right now, God is available with us. We are here this morning, fellowshipping, you know, looking at the word of God. Some people are in Rwanda. Some people are in Ghana. Some people are in, um, you know, Moravia. They are in US, UK. And God is with them. Amen. So, Easter, that's why, you know, on the church platform, I've said it a couple of times. This is even the biggest celebration we should have as Christians. This is the biggest one. And I'm praying. Let me just use this opportunity to say to you. Even though we are catering for people and we are saying this is the number of people we are catering for, you know, we are paying towards it. Please invite one or two people. Let the Lord open your eyes. Are there people around you that you know they need a steady work with God? They are not enjoying God the way you are enjoying God. Or maybe they've not even come to Christ at all. Or they've come to Christ, but you know it's up today, down tomorrow. This Easter, let God use you to take them to a new place. Amen. Let a new dawn, a new chapter open in their lives through you. Let God use you as the door that opens them up into a new place. You know, I posted about my own life too. How, you know, the two, one of the two um, um, relationships I've enjoyed in my life, you know, I got brought into them or doors got opened to those relationships through friends. So please let the Lord use you too. Look around. Look around you and say, God, who can I invite over for this picnic that we're having on, um, that's next week, Monday. So you have well over seven days to invite your friends. Please invite them. Invite them. If you come around and it's your own food, they give to them. It's in order. Amen? I can give up my own plate to you, but if you now become five, <laughs> I don't know how I'll give my plate to all of you. But please come. Invite them. Let them come. Let a new beginning start in their life. Even you, you will feel good that through me, this person be be began to walk more steadily with the Lord. Bring them on Monday. Amen? And by all means, invite them for Sunday service also. But I just want you to know that the Lord is with you, and he has said he will give you rest. That's the second thing that the presence of God does for you. Let's read on verse 15 and verse 16. Verse 15 says, um, then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. 16. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The presence of God sets you apart. It distinguishes you. He makes it obvious that you are a special people. You are a special people. That's what the scripture says. It says, how will people know that we are, we are, we are, we are different? He says, it is your presence among us. Amen. Say, it is the presence of God on me. That sets me apart from the whole world. He makes you different. The presence of God. The fact that God is indwelling you. The Holy Spirit is with you. Amen. He's with you. He's living in you. God is with you. God is present with you. That is what makes you different. Because all the human beings on the face of the earth are just living. God is not in them. God is not with them. God can be around them, but he's not with them. He's not in them. You are different. You are, you, are, you are different. You are unique. Amen. You are unique. It sets you apart. It distinguishes you. It makes, you, makes it obvious that you are a special people. Second, no, first, first Peter. 
First Peter 2, 9 and 10 says you are a special, you are a special treasure to the Lord. You are a royal priesthood. Amen. He says you are special. You are different from the whole world. Can I have that, please? First Peter 2, 9 and 10. He says you are different. You are special. You are called out, you know, different from the whole world. He says, but you are a chosen generation. You are chosen. I've chosen you. I've called you my own. I've put my name upon you. He says, you are a royal priesthood. You are an holy nation. My own, no, his own. That is God's own special people. And you may proclaim, or that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now the people of God. You are not just a people right now. You are even there, people of God, right? That is a, that, you know, the elevation is out of this world. Somebody that just moved from not being a, they couldn't call the person a people. Like, they, 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 they don't recognize the person. And then the person now moved from being, record, you, you move from non-recognition, you didn't even stop at recognition, you move past recognition into the, when you say the, that is all the other ones, like the way we used to say, that there are only two universities in Nigeria. You know where I'm going, right? I should just not stop. I should just not, not go on, right? <laughs> okay, some universities used to say it. They would say there are only two universities. Only uh, OAU and other universities. So in the same way, somebody moved from not being a people. Moved past being a people into the people. That is, this is the one we are rec reckoning with. This is the one that has value. This is the one that is premium is on, on, on these people. They are the ones to be on the lookout for. The scripture says when the Israelites, when they moved out of Egypt, the, the noise of them, the news about them went round. During the week, I still, I still um, you know, listened to a portion of the scriptures where they were saying, See, let us just move, just go through your land. And the king of that place was saying no, because he had heard everything. He had heard plenty of things that these people, when they move into a place like this, they take over. But they didn't even want to take over. They just wanted to move and cross. They said, see, we will go past. If we, even if our animals drink water, we will pay for it. Even if our children eat anything by mistake, we will take, you know, lay it upon us. We will pay. The king says, I'm Sam, don't even come near. I don't want. But God dealt with that man later on. That's what God does for you and I. There is nobody that can come against you successfully. It is not, so, they can't be successful. The only success is that they don't come near you. Or they don't do you evil. Amen. Because they had heard news about them. That these people, their God is too mighty. You, you read the story of Gideon, right? When the Lord opened his ears to hear the dream that the two Midianites heard. When the God, God was going to tell him that, see, you are the one I'm going to send to deliver these people. They were just having, they had a dream. Somebody had a dream. The other person was narrating it to the person or interpreting. He said, ah, no. He told his friend. And his friend was now giving him dream interpretation. He said, ah. That's, uh, what's it called? That rolled over. That is, that is these people, though. The way they, they can crush anybody like that. That means God has given us over into the hands of these Israelites. This is what is your dream. They were afraid already. Even when Gideon that was being called to go and lead his people to, to war or to battle wasn't confident. God opened his ears to see, can you see what the enemy, the, 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 your enemies or, you know, the, the people that were against you, what they are saying about you? Because they know that your God is strong and mighty. God is with you. He says in verse, um, he says in this verse 16, we read earlier on, please stay here. He says, you, you, once you had no identity as a people, 
Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received mercy. You have received mercy. God said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. God has had compassion upon you. He's had mercy upon you. You are now God's people. So you have been set apart. You are distinguished. You are special. Amen. First, let's look at First Peter, this same Peter 5 and 7. First Peter 5 verse 7. It says, overwhelming victory is yours. That is the life that God has ordained for you and I. First Peter 5, 7. It says, overwhelming. Uh, I've mixed it up now. Give all your, all your cares, all your worries and cares to the Lord. Um, it's even the amplified version of this one that I want. Let me have this. Let me have this in the amplified if you have. It says something about the Lord caring for you affectionately and is watching over you watchfully such that nobody can do you evil. It says, cast all your cares or all your anxieties, all your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you. You are special to the Lord. He cares about you. You can, be, you can worry yourself. You know, you can be thinking that you are, not, um, you are not a people. God is not for you. Or maybe God just wants you to get by. That is not true. God has good plans for you. He has awesome plans for you. He says, cast your cares. Cast your worries upon the Lord. We are going to take communion this morning. Amen. That exchange that the Lord Jesus made for you and I is asking you, put your cares upon me. Let go of your worries. He said, all your anxieties, all your worries. That's what I'm going to be calling you to this morning. As you take communion, as you, as you remember, the Lord Jesus said, and we're going to read that 1 Corinthians 11. But let me finish with this. He says, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, all, you know, once and for all, cast all your cares, all your concerns, put it upon the Lord. Let your fear roll it away upon the Lord. Don't hold on to it. Release it. Let the Lord take it over. Amen. You don't know how he's going to come through for you. What you've been asking for, what you are trusting him for. You know, you will say fourth month has rolled in now. What have I achieved this, this year? You know, some people, as they approach the age of 40, some people go through midlife crisis. They just look at their lives and they're like, what have I achieved? What have I achieved? What have I gained? And fear grieves them. Anxieties, worries. I want you to let go of those this morning. As you remember the Lord Jesus, he said, because he cares about you with deepest affection and he watches over you very carefully. He cares about you affectionately and he watches over you watchfully, watchfully watching over you, watching over your steps, watching over your plans, watching over your prayers, your thoughts, your aspirations, the things that you want done, the things that are causing you, maybe causing you concerns. The Lord is, is watching over you. He's, he's, he cares about you. He's affectionate towards you. Amen. He watches over you carefully. So I want you to roll your cares upon him this morning. Roll your cares as we come to the communion table, as we come to the Lord's table this morning and we take communion remind yourself that Jesus Christ allowed his body to be broken. He allowed himself to be bruised. He allowed his blood to be spilled so that you can have a good life. So that the father can be, he can be present with you. Amen. So that you, go, you don't go through life alone. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless these emblems. We bless the cup. We bless the bread. We thank you again remembering what you did for us remembering the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, remembering the body of Jesus that was broken for us, 
Father, we come to you with gratitude in our hearts this morning. And we say thank you. Thank you for making us cross over from being a people with no identity to being a people of God or the people of God. A people to be reckoned with. A force to be reckoned with. A people to be on the lookout for. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for that exchange that happened. Where you rolled away our shame. You rolled away our dignity. And you brought us, oh God, into your family, the family of God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the body of Jesus. We appreciate you for where we stand right now. Thank you for the new level that you have brought us into. Lord, I pray this morning for your people. That as we take this communion emblems oh god you will cause an, an awareness of your presence to come to come better to us in the name of jesus lord where it has been at the back let it be brought into the to the front let it be on the front burner let us become aware again that you are with us you are present with us you have said you will never leave you will never forsake us that was why jesus died so that you can be with us every time of the day lord every day of the month in in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to lay our cares and our worries down at your feet this morning, even as we take communion in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you can take, take the cup. We're going to take it together, but just take it and talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord in addition to casting your cares and your worries about upon him. I want you to just talk to the Lord. If there are things you are trusting the Lord for, it's a new month. Remember the beginning of the year, we're saying it, that a new beginning, maybe a new week, a new day, a new month, gives you an opportunity to start something fresh. If you have noticed something that didn't go well last month, you have an opportunity today. You actually have an opportunity every day. But maybe you have not been so serious about it. You have an opportunity today to cut it off. You don't need to be stuck to that past that you don't like. You don't need to be stuck to how your week went last week. You don't need to be stuck to how the last three months went. You can cut yourself away from that past and begin something new and fresh this morning in the name of Jesus. That was what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary when his body was broken. He, he, he started a new beginning for us. He, he tore the, 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 the veil in the, in, the, in the temple. He tore it from top to bottom. Making us realize that, see, all things have become new. You can start it afresh in the name of Jesus. I want you to talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Let the Lord help you with whatever it is that you are trusting the Lord for in this month of, of, of April. Talk to the Lord about it. Commit it to the Lord. If there are people that are sick in the body, I want you to just declare that by the stripes of Christ, by this, by this cup that we are taking today the lord jesus bore your infirmities he bore your sicknesses and you just want to lay hold on good health you want to lay hold on wholesomeness in the name of jesus talk to the lord this morning ask the lord for his help on any area that you need his help in the name of jesus i'll just read for you as you listen Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27, 26, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, 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 take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You are proclaiming that the Lord Jesus died to make you have beautiful life that the Lord God Almighty himself you know, proposed for you. He said, I know my thoughts towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and an expected end. They are thoughts of peace. They are thoughts that bring you into rest. They are thoughts that bring you into prosperity. I want you to lay hold of that and say, God, they are thoughts that make me aware of your presence with me, that you are with me. You are with me. In the person of the Holy Spirit, you are with me. I am not alone. I can never be alone in the name of Jesus. The presence of God is upon me and therefore I am an overcomer. Your script, the scripture says overwhelming victory is your own. Overwhelming success is your own. Overwhelming victory is yours because Jesus died for you to make himself available, to make himself present with you all the days of your life. Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the wine. We declare that this is blessed in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive life even as we bring our mind to the fact that you have the Lord Jesus has died to give us life. We declare that in Jesus' name we have life. In Jesus' name we have life. In Jesus' name we have Zoe life. We have the life of God. We have the life of God that overcomes, that overcomes sicknesses, that overcomes wants, that overcomes difficulties and challenges. We have the life of God that puts us over even as we go through tough or difficult trying periods or seasons in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father, for we've prayed in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the bread. Go ahead, take the bread and go ahead and take the, take the cup too. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the life that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the assurance of your presence, O oh God. Thank you for the victory that you have made available because you are with us. We thank you and we ask that the fact that you are with us, you are present with us, will not be lost on us again in the name of jesus lord we ask that as we go into this week you will help us to be conscious of the fact that you are with us and you are for us you are not against us in the name of jesus we have prayed amen amen god bless you This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.